1: is good everybody welcome to another episode of the look ahead part of the sb nation nfl show i am rob stats guerrera it is the look ahead so my co-host as always from blogging the boys rj ochoa stats you look debonair nobody could
2: see you but me and kate and so for that uh we're the lucky few uh, but i wanted everybody to know that you look immaculate in fact a 10 out of 10 today uh, just like you are every day uh just like the sb nation nfl show is just like the world is i'm feeling very optimistic and bright
1: and sunshiny with regards to all things it's a friday now, we are joined that is the voice of kate maju from <laughs> dk nation kate you're my witness can RJB be as nice to me when we're not recording as he is once we press the red button? Oh, no, it's
3: all all hands off. It, uh, you guys, I think we should start recording this much earlier, or maybe I will just hit record on my end earlier, unbeknownst to you, so I can <laughs> capture some of this pre-show banter. Burton Ernie doesn't cover it.
2: We actually asked people um, what, like, iconic... You know, pair people would be. I suggested Kate, uh, Mr. White and Jesse Pinkman. Stats kind of has a Mr. White vibe, like he knows everything. He's really, (laughs) you know, incredible. I have the Jesse Pinkman vibe, and that, like, with regards to the show, I bring the life, I bring the energy, I bring the good times. Um, so that one worked for me. Um, I don't wear the baggy clothes that Jesse does, so like, we would have some wardrobe issues there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see that working. Um, what about
3: Sean Hunter and Corey Matthews?
2: Oh, I don't know who I want to be there. That's tough. Are you serious? That's
3: I'm Corey. Corey.
2: Yeah, see? <laughs> um, I'm okay with RJ, this. RJ,
3: you're just the troubled teen.
2: You know what I always remember about Sean? Um, and it was in the episode where he and Angela kind of like found each other, or rather he found Angela with the purse, is that he believes that snow caps are the greatest movie candy of all but- time. And yeah, I thought that was the worst possible take <laughs> ever. Uh, the best movie candy of all time is Buncha of Crunch, just for
1: the record. Bunch of crunch. Oh, really? Bunch of crunch isn't even a candy.
2: Yes, it is. It's in a box, and they sell it at the counter. I mean, so it's the best.
3: It's actually Reese's Pieces, and I think Mm, I can pitch this. They're too cold.
2: They're too cold in your hand. No,
3: no, no, no. I have the perfect solution. If anybody has been hesitant who doesn't have a peanut allergy about Reese's Pieces, I'm going to give you the the thing that sells you on it. My wife taught me this years ago. What you do? You get your popcorn. You get your $70 popcorn and you literally just take your Reese's pieces, dump it into your hot popcorn and you get the salty sweet. Oh my chef's kiss. It's delicious. And you will never, ever look back ever.
1: Well, you got the messy hand afterwards.
3: They have napkins for that.
2: I have no interest in this because they're just going <laughs> to stint to the bottom. Like the physics of this are flawed.
3: Oh, You find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I always
1: have a will for Reese's Pieces.
2: Stats, what's your top movie candy? This could be something stupid like Milk Duds, I bet.
1: (laughs) First of all, is there any response (laughs) I could give right now that you would approve of on the face of the earth? Yeah, there's a response. Well, okay, my movie go to is I usually double up. I do the $70 popcorn and then I go raisinettes.
3: Oh, my God. That is such a Stats candy.
1: (laughs) It's the healthy candy.
3: You know, oh, my God, Corey Matthews. You are so Corey.
1: There's actually, you know,
2: the, your, this is your Corey Matthews moment stats. Remember the, the episode where he was like, you know, you know, facing these like inward conversations about himself, like how he was too vanilla and too boring. And he was in his bedroom with Sean. And there was a shot of Corey leaning up against a poster of celery. And it just said <laughs> celery underneath. That's like what you <laughs> just said uh, with Raisinets. But I support that answer, actually. I think that's the, I think chocolate covered raisins don't get enough love.
1: There you go. See? And by the way, yes, I also struggle to be dangerous like Corey Matthews. So. I'm
3: going to get right. you a big life-size poster of a, a Raisinette, which I guess if it's life-size, it'll be a very small poster, but <laughs> something that you can lean up against that just says Raisinette.
1: Hey, I'll, I like them. In fact, I'm open, very open to a Raisinette deal. I will sing their praises every episode if they would like to come on board uh today's show is going to be sort of a little bit different we got a cool idea um in honor of the nba draft lottery which everybody knows was on tuesday we decided to put the nfl draft the top 14 teams in the nfl draft into a lottery so rj has taken the time he has gone into the lab he has matched every nfl team with their corresponding nba team and he has done the lottery now i didn't witness. The actual selection process, Kate, so I don't know if you have 100% faith in this, but he does have a new order for the draft. We have to
3: trust. We have to trust what comes.
2: So to be clear um, of the methodology involved here, there were odds, right, for the NBA lottery in terms of teams to land the top overall pick, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so some teams had the same you know, projected odds. Um, so we had to get a little bit creative. Uh, I wrote about this at the SB Nation's best website, no big deal. Um, and so that's what I did. Uh, you know, in, in looking at it, the Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, and Cleveland Cavaliers all held 14% chance to win the top overall pick. The Detroit Pistons did. Congratulations to the 3-1-3. Um, but, um, you, uh, you know, Houston had the worst record. So they you know, we're deemed to be like number one in this case. So you're right. Like I compared them or rather lined them up with their NFL equivalents, the top 14 picks. This is the, by the way, original Kate NFL draft order. I did tell stats this. Um, so prior to the trades that we saw during the first round, although uh, stats had a great point, I did end up giving the third overall pick to the Miami Dolphins as opposed to the Houston Texans. So the thought here is that the lottery, the NFL lottery, whatever hypothetical NFL lottery would have been done. I don't know, like in March. Right. You know, so would the 49ers have traded up with the Miami Dolphins then? Because maybe the Dolphins wouldn't have had the number three overall
1: pick. That was why I wanted to look at this. So we've yeah, that's how we've kind of looked at it, because the the Niners wouldn't have made any trade before the lottery because they may have, through a fluke chance, ended up Mm -hmm. with a top pick and not had to trade at all. So that is the methodology there. Uh, Should we run through the order first and then we can sort of dive into this thing? Is that how we want to do it? I think it should go one at a time.
2: But the top five is really where the the true changes. Um, okay, like the lottery, you know. After the top five, it's it's pretty chalk just because of
1: the way odds are working. That's how math generally works. Okay, number one, we got a new team atop the draft order. It's the New York Jets. Congratulations, Robert Sala. Um, this is interesting to me because I don't know about you guys and Kate. I'll start with you. I'm not sure the Jets would change their pick even if they had the number one overall pick. There were a lot of people that had Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence in their rankings. I, to me, think they might have stuck with Zach Wilson. What do you think?
3: I actually that was my first note uh, when we were prepping for this podcast. I do think they would have stuck with Zach Wilson. It, that has never been i I literally just because of how confident. Uh, we seemed to be about the fact that Zach Wilson was going to be the pick. I thought they had to have something up their sleeves because I was like, there's no way they're just that that dead set. But Zach Wilson, I mean, we've seen what Trevor Lawrence can accomplish. He's very pro-ready. Zach Wilson, I think, does need a, a bit more development. But you just made this investment and you your head coach. You're hoping to make strides. You're hoping to flip your organization upside down. I think Zach Wilson is a prospect that, Maybe we don't know the ceiling just yet, but Trevor Lawrence, I I think they want to shoot for the moon here. And instead of taking what I think is the safer franchise pick in Trevor Lawrence.
2: I think that stats while you are pushing for a raisinette sponsorship here, and we're certainly open uh, to all opportunities. I think that you're both carrying Robert Sala and the New York Jets as water. There's no way that they take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence if they had the number one overall pick, but I went a different route with this. Um, If, This truly happened, right? If the Jets wound up with the number one overall pick, I think the first thing that happens is the coach, um, like revisionist history is everywhere because the moment that the Jets beat the Los Angeles Rams late into the season, all Jets fans were so upset, right? Like, how could you win? How could you cost us? Like, we've been going through this Adam Gase experience, blah, blah, blah. And so... This would have been the moment where like everybody would have been like, this is why you play to win, because you could still <laughs> wind up with the number one overall pick. We built chemistry. We worked out and we got the number one overall pick. That's
1: the important takeaway in my mind. At least. Why do you think that the Jets would automatically go Trevor Lawrence? It, people did have Wilson ahead of Lawrence in their rankings. It's not Who? like the craziest thing ever. Chris Sims had had Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I know Chris Sims. Um, Chris Sims
3: had a lot of people over a lot of people.
2: Yeah, it's a Chris. I mean, look, fighting Texas Aggie Joe Choi here, but Chris Sims' evaluation of Kellen Mond is is enough for me to feel a little bit fuzzy about certain things, but not to call Chris Sims totally, you know, out or anything like that. But um, who else? Who else? You know, like we're, we're we're talking about a generational prospect here in Trevor Lawrence, and and that's the thing. Like, I think that that happens, like. If the Jets passed on Zach Wilson, the pressure, excuse me, on Trevor Lawrence, the pressure on Zach Wilson becomes enormously greater because you're passing on Trevor Lawrence. You're saying you're smarter. You're saying your evaluators are better. And so you're going to pass on the guy that everybody has anointed to be the number one overall pick for two years. And I don't think the Jets would have had that in them at the very least, besides the fact that I think that Trevor Lawrence is better.
3: Or would they just trade back to two anyway? Obviously, mm. this is a I, we can go down the furthest rabbit hole, but uh, RJ, you feel very, very confident about the Trevor Lawrence pick 101. I've I've never understood how big the tear break is between Trevor Lawrence uh and you know, guys like Justin Fields, who I loved. Can you sell me on the fact that this tear break should be as big as it perceptually is? Because I I don't I don't get it. Um I know. We hear the word generational with Trevor Lawrence all the time. He did really fantastic things at Clemson, won a lot of games, won them young. But I mean, outside of the the safety of that pick, do you think his upside, have we seen his upside yet? Do we know just how high that's going to be?
2: I mean, I certainly believe it to be higher than Zach Wilson's, just based off of what they've done. Like, I'm I'm not at all trying to poo-poo Zach Wilson here, but I just, in I, I don't think any Jets fan, I think any Jets fan, not that either of you fall into this category, that is saying like, oh, if we had the number one overall pick, I'd rather take Zach Wilson. Or like, they're just lying to themselves. Like, stats, if you could have had Trevor Lawrence over Trey Lance, would you have preferred him as a 49ers fan?
1: I guess but what do you mean you get hold this on is... hold on first of all two things one we use the term generational talent way too much we used it with trevor lawrence we used it with kyler murray where every year there seems to be a generational talent which kind of defeats the whole purpose this of the word got, generational.
3: four uh right. we got two guys in the top four that were generational talents how lucky are we
1: what a generation by the way that we're you know we're watching here <laughs> if you go back and look at the history of the draft going back to 2000, so let's call it 20 years, there have basically only been one or two times when the first quarterback drafted is the best quarterback from that draft class. And that's not like opinion, it is a fact. Go back and look at who was taken. I think Cam Newton's year, he was the best quarterback. And then the EJ Manuel year, everybody was just a dumpster fire, so you can't count that. But pretty much every year other than that, the first quarterback taken is not the best quarterback in the draft. So just throwing that out there guys for all the Trevor Lawrence stands and he's going to be the best and everything is great with Trevor Lawrence. Just consider that. That's all I'm saying.
2: I think some of that though is part of the situations that they're drafted to, right? Like, you know, the, if you're taking number one overall, you're, being drafted by the worst team, right? Like if you're not number one overall, like if you're Justin Fields this year, you know, you're seemingly theoretically set up for more success than Trevor Lawrence's right away. Um, So, you know, some of that is like, you know, different timelines, you know, levels of possibilities, et cetera. But it works out anyway because the Jacksonville Jaguars wound up with the second overall pick in this mock lottery, so to speak. Uh, So if y'all are right that the Jets would
1: take Zach Wilson, then this is truly a boring exercise because then the first two picks are still the same. (laughs) Well, wait, let's settle on that then. We have to come to a consensus. Who do the Jets take at one? I think it's Wilson. I think it's Wilson. OK, then I then everything I just said is right.
2: Boom. I but was I will right. say <laughs> I will
3: say the smart move because everybody is uh, in consensus to agree that Trevor Lawrence is the generational talent of this class. Uh, we are like you would be wise to switch uh, and flip that draft order. You would trade back uh, and then we would quite literally have the same exact draft order, same exact pick. So I think we need to shake it up a little bit as we continue to move down the draft order. Got to shake it up.
2: I don't think any GM or specifically any like new head coach like Robert Sala is would and this is no discreditor slight to Zach Wilson would have been willing to have gone out on that limb. I don't think anybody would like it would, it would have taken some sort of like, you know, tenured head coach being in that position to have the wherewithal or the standing to do that. And that just isn't the case with the jets right now.
3: Could Kyle Shanahan pull that off?
1: No, not at all. Like he can't pull off that black flat bill cap either. Uh, Oh, yeah, he's but he's kind of doing that with the selection of Trey, like a lot. Most people, I think, thought that Justin Fields is better than Trey Lance and he went Lance. But anyway, let's let's not get too crazy here. So number three in our new draft order, since we're agreeing that Trevor Lawrence would go two to Jacksonville. Number three is Cincinnati. And this is fascinating to me because my first reaction was like, they're definitely going to trade out of this pick, right? Somebody's going to want a quarterback. They clearly don't need a quarterback with Joe Burrow, so they're definitely going to trade out of it. But I know that they also really, really liked Jamar Chase. So, like, for the 49ers, for example, is Cincinnati going to go all the way down to 12 to give up that pick? Because if they really like Chase, they know he's not going to be there at 12. So part of me thinks that they just stick with with Chase at three. Is that nuts, R.J.? Stats, you didn't even mention Kyle Pitts.
2: Like, I think that that becomes, like, if you're talking, if we go back to, like, generational talent, like, you know, if you're talking about truly getting an elite weapon for Joe Burrow, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, there's a logical argument for Kyle Pitts. It's, you know, for Cincinnati. Um, Obviously, you know, they, you know, they landed Jamar Chase in reality, and I think that they're totally fine with that. But if Kyle Pitts had been there in real life, I I wonder if they would have preferred him. I think that that's fair to say. But um, but I do also think that given their, I, I actually I don't know that they trade back because I don't know that Zach Taylor has the. I know you stats have said several times that the Bengals don't fire coaches early on in their careers, but I don't know that Zach Taylor has the you know resume there to forfeit any draft picks of the here and now to the, the way the Miami Dolphins do with this 49ers. And so I don't know that I think that the Bengals trade out, but I, I d- and I think if you're, if you're the 49ers, like, and I know we're talking about the Bengals here, but if you're looking to get up to still get your Trey Lance pick, wherever that's going to be, I don't know that you have to trade up with, you know, with Cincinnati because you know, that's not going to be a quarterback. And I don't think they're trading out with anybody.
3: See, I actually, I think we need to go back to the Kyle Pitts question here. We did hear some rumblings that they were interested in Kyle Pitts. And of course, everybody was because hashtag generational talent. But looking at Kyle Pitts, I think he brings a little bit more diversity. So uh, when you look at, you know, when they were sticking at number five, the really big question was not Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. It was Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. Kyle Pitts, you get uh, essentially a pretty similar prospect to Jamar chase, but a bigger version of that. And then you get to use utilize him as a, a blocker, which I think that sort of almost solves two of your problems. I think that would have been the interesting pick. Mm.
1: It's back. not, yeah, it's not uh that makes a lot of sense. Do you put any weight behind the fact that they kind of like the idea of pairing burrow with chase, you know, a guy he already has chemistry with going back to their time at
0: LSU.
3: Um, you know, I like. I think it counts for something. Of course, you love when. I, I mean, that sort of timing and and all of that. It takes a long time to develop. Uh, but, I mean, we so saw, saw Joe Burrow play uh, at a, a decent level. He wasn't great with the deep ball last season. But, I mean, T. Higgins is an excellent wide receiver. Um, you know, I I think there's something to be said for you know, Joe Burrow's comfort. What that might do for his comfort and confidence, but. I think Joe Burrow objectively can be the same quarterback with or without him.
2: If I mean, look, Jamar chase is awesome too. Like everything Kate said is valid, And Jamar chase, like in a vacuum is awesome and worthy of consideration at the point that the Bengals actually took him. And certainly within this hypothetical world, if the Bengals to any legitimate degree factored the LSU connection and then they're in legitimate trouble, you know, like it might work out for them obviously because Jamar Chase is an incredible talent. But if that's like, if that is at all, like if one of the worst experiences any human can endure is buying a car, right? Like we would all agree. Like it's terrible. Like to have to go and you have to test drive them all and you is this have a to Carvana
3: commercial. Did we it's not, a uh, okay.
2: No, the Raisinets commercials coming soon. <laughs> um, but like, And so, but the getting a car is all about like getting the best deal, right? Like that, that's what we care about. Like, you know, what's my monthly payment going to be like, what's my down payment going to be, et cetera. If the color of the car, like if you were looking for a white car and it's silver, that's fine. You know what I mean? Like you, you live with it because it's an incredible deal. If it happens to be a white car, cool. Like that's what I was looking for. And that's a nice plus. That's the LSU thing for me. It's like it, it should not in any way be like a driving proponent, which I hope it wasn't for Joe Burrow's case. That's
1: how I ended up with a red car right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, okay, am I going to be outvoted here? You guys want to go Pitts 3? Yeah, I, I wa- want you to feel outvoted, know
2: what it's like. Get off the island, Jeff Probst says.
1: All right, so Pitts goes 3. You are wrecking my my thought here, but all right, that's fine. Up at number four, the Detroit Lions. Now, OK, this is crazy to me because originally I was planning to have Pitts available here. And then I was going to say, does Dan Campbell want to go with a tight end? Because he mm. used to be a tight end. That's obviously out the window now. Kate, what do you think happens with the Lions at four?
3: It's got to be a quarterback. Uh, this was pre if we're looking back. Uh, was this pre Jared Goff, like in our fake universe here? No,
1: no. Jared no. Goff was traded in January. Okay, so we're we're past that.
2: I was willing to explore the idea if it was pre Jared Goff trade, Okay, just for what it's worth.
1: No, okay. I don't think we should, because like things happen. Like we we have to pick a time at some point here. But I think that January. I mean, he was literally traded before the playoffs were over. That's fair. Okay, fine.
3: I still kind of want them to go quarterback. Is that bad? I I think that you know, obviously, you're excited to see what. Jared Goff will do in a new system, but I don't think there's anybody in that front office that actually believes that Jared Goff is the answer to their problems. I mean, he, he, he isn't, he isn't period. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care how good of a coach uh, you have in Dan Campbell remains to be seen, but I just don't think that he's going to be the guy. And I don't think that anybody realistically believes he is the guy I think this is where you shoot your shot because, you know, we had the top two quarterbacks go off the board, but then we saw um, Kyle Pitts. Now you have your pick of the top three, essentially. I like, I, but which one do they take? I like Justin Fields here.
1: They could have had Justin Fields in real life, and they chose not to take him.
3: This is true. Oh, man. You just blew up my entire dream, hard. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry.
2: So look, I'll save you both. Um, This is the trade back spot. This, this, because like if we're, if we're you know if stats is mandating that the jared goff trade has to have happened we know that the lines are in our present actual reality uh are all about accruing future draft capital like they did in the matthew stafford trade we shouldn't even call it the jared goff trade by the way like it was the matthew stafford trade um and so this is the spot like they're already building capital for the future so they i like this is this is san francisco's jump up spot i think because we all know that miami likes to you know move around and spoiler alert they have the next pick um Per, like, And just so everybody's clear, these results aren't like made up. These are per the way the NBA lottery shook out in terms of the top 14 projected odds and where they ultimately landed in the NBA draft order. Um, so I think Detroit trades out here, although maybe I mean, maybe they view like, you know, maybe they view this as we can't trade out because we have to take Panay Sewell. Like maybe they're that in love uh, with their generational talent, so to speak. Um, a big day for generational talents here on the look ahead.
1: So this was the struggle that I ran into because we know what they actually did. My brain, a lot of times my brain is like keeping things the way they were because the teams actually did them. Um, If you're the Lions, they did actually trade for Jared Goff. And the one thing we know about Jared Goff is you have to protect him. He cannot deal with pressure and the Lions need a lot of help on the offensive line. So I don't think that they would go quarterback. I think that the choice is between trading down and Panay Sewell. And I'm leaning Sewell here because they did acquire Goff. They didn't have to. And if you're going to get Goff, you might as well set him up in a position to succeed, which you would hope that Sewell would do. It's hard to argue with. I I mean, I want something different though.
3: I want to shake this up more, but I mean, from for all intents and purposes, it makes sense. Um, I mean, Panay Sewell just sort of fell into their laps at seven. I mean, I don't think anybody, at least I didn't project Panay Sewell. I I thought for sure the Bengals would probably roll with offensive line, just given Joe Burrow's history in the 2020 season. But I mean, they were gifted, gifted Sewell at number seven. So I don't think it would have been a reach to take him that much earlier.
2: I think they trade back. That's difficult to like quantify here, because like, who is is this San Francisco? Is this Trey Lance? I think it is. I think it is. And, and but I I don't know that I think that because if we play that out in uh, again, spoiler alert, the 49ers ended up with the twelfth overall pick here um, in this mock draft universe, which is what they originally had before they traded up with Miami. Um, I I mean, if we if we also factor in real life results. I mean, Rashawn Slater fell, you know, so if Detroit traded back with San Francisco, they would pick up future draft capital and no, they would not have Panay Sewell, but they still would walk away with Rashawn Slater, which opens the door of possibility, like for Justin Herbert's career. What's that going to look like now? Whatever, et cetera. Um, but um, I think they trade back. And I think this is where San Francisco jumps up to take. You know Mac Jones, obviously.
1: <laughs> so, well, how do we reach consensus here? Because I'm, I to me, they're sticking with Sewell. They could have traded mm. back in real life. They didn't, and they have Jared Goff. Like, why acquire Jared Goff if you're not going to believe in him? They didn't acquire Jared Goff. Jared Goff was like, you know, residual. Jared
2: Goff was just like. You know the the icing on top of the draft capital that came. They like Jared Goff is Brock Osweiler that the Cleveland Browns acquired. Like that's all he is at this point. They I don't think the Lions, to Kate's point, think they're actually going to compete with Jared Goff. He's a means to an end for them, and that's unfortunate for Jared Goff. Hopefully, he proves everybody wrong, and you know, kind of makes their lives easier in that they don't have to find a future quarterback. But, uh, but you mentioned how do we come to a consensus? Kate wants to see something mixed up, and. I want to see something mixed up. And this is really boring if we go chalk and give Detroit Panay Sewell. So I think that's how we reach our consensus.
1: So in other words, you want to make the 49ers trade up and take Trey Lance, which is exactly what happened. They took, they traded up to number three though. We're trading up to number four here. <laughs> Very different thing.
2: He's making less money. So really Trey Lance is the one impacted. Kate, I give you the final word. What's happening with the
1: Lions.
3: Um, out of curiosity. So in this fake universe, I have to keep asking questions. Uh, we, we still have the Houston Texans picking at five.
2: Correct. Well, that 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 pick belongs to the Miami Dolphins. That was a, a stipulation uh, step because that trade happened a long time ago. So, like okay. that, you know, technically, that, I think that it's fair to say that
1: pick is still Miami's.
3: Okay. Oh, I think we have to trade.
1: Okay, I'm calling so the, a trade. The Lions trade with who? Broncos. What? Ooh. Okay. And they're taking Justin
3: Fields.
2: What? They passed on Justin Fields in real
1: life. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing. So that's happened uh, twice now where it's like, we still can't believe it. these teams passed on Justin Fields.
3: I Like, clearly, I just can't get that out of my mind that that many people passed on Justin Fields. Mistake. Very big mistake. But holy crap. How did these, like, the Denver Broncos. And about- I know maybe they passed, though, because this, I mean, Looking back um, at the actual draft, this was sort of that big time where we heard the Broncos were in a a serious spot uh, to be in the conversation for an Aaron Rodgers landing spot. Did they avoid the quarterback position just because they took it for granted that they were going to get? Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, I, I completely believe that. Like, I actually, in real life, totally believe that that's exactly what happened. I think there's okay, some Okay, so in my fake in
3: universe, this works.
2: <laughs> Why? Because in the fake universe, Aaron Rodgers still hates the Packers. Like, Aaron Rodgers hates the Packers in all universes, in, every universe. in all timelines. <laughs> yeah. uh, what so, about this?
1: What about this? How about the Vikings trade up? Because we know for a fact that they did try and trade up to get Justin Fields. They were just unsuccessful. Minnesota's at 14 in this draft. Let's say they trade up with the Lions and take Justin Fields at number four. See, Love I that. Think,
2: I think it's impossible to believe that a division rival allows their rival to trade up with them to take a quarterback of the future. That's just, that doesn't happen. Like, there's no real recent NFL example of that. Because the Lions never do stupid things. Hey, look, why are you so against, look, there's, we can't make it like completely fake. Like, it makes sense for, you know, the we know the 49ers wanted to jump up into the top of the draft and they did that. So like they jump up they get Trey Lance but it's the Lions who get the bounty off of it not the Dolphins. That's the real ripple effect here. So now they have all they have basically every draft pick from the NFC West the Lions do if they have the 49ers ones and the Rams Wait, I
3: ones. have the solution. I have the solution. We haven't talked about the Atlanta Falcons. We heard so many rumors this off season that they might be looking to move on from Matt Ryan. They might be looking towards the future. Obviously they didn't do that. They got Kyle Pitts, but now they're in the position where they can't have Kyle Pitts, their dream pick. Do they end up going quarterback here?
2: I don't think so because they passed on they also passed on Justin
1: Fields in real life. Yeah, but Pitts was there. So I feel like they could they could say, "Hey, he's so good and we still have Matt Ryan that we're going with the quote-unquote generational talent." But if Pitts is gone, I I hear you, kid. I see where you're going with that. But we also know that Atlanta is up against their salary cap, however real
2: or fake you believe the salary cap to be. uh, Perfect for a rookie quarterback. But to the point that they had to trade away Julio Jones. So their their cash situation is obviously one that is strapped. So they're going to trade for Justin Fields just to have Matt Ryan sitting there behind him. I mean... You know, and then have no draft resources available to replenish talent around him in the future. That seems like an incredibly flawed idea. Although Atlanta, to Stats' point about Detroit, also has done some suspect things. <laughs> so we need a, we need an answer here. San Francisco. It it actually happened. I think that makes the most sense to me.
1: Kate? I'll take it. I'll take All it. All right. So the 49ers trade up to four now, and they take Trey Lance, which then moves the Lions down to twelve. So that leaves Miami, as you said earlier, RJ, at number five. They don't have the 49ers to trade down with. They still have Justin Fields on the board. Mac Jones is on the board. (laughs) Where do you think Miami goes, RJ? I think they take the only wide receiver who was, you know, consensus ranked
2: ahead of Jalen Waddell in Jamar Chase because he has fallen to them in this hypothetical because Cincinnati did not take him uh, because they took Kyle Pitts. So I think that in that sense, everything works out for Miami except for the fact that they don't get the draft capital that they got from San Francisco, that they partly surrendered with Philadelphia because we know that Miami wanted to pick around here. We know that they wanted a wide receiver, obviously, which is why they jumped up back to six in real life. Um, So in this hypothetical world, because of the way the NFL draft lottery shakes out um, Detroit gets San Francisco's draft capital. And therefore Miami does not get any capital. And therefore Philadelphia doesn't even get potentially Miami's first round pick next year. Uh, So lots of ripple effects in that sense.
3: I love Jamar Chase here. Love, love, love. I think that's the perfect pick. Um, I know there's been some chatter uh, as soon as Jalen Waddell went to the Dolphins in real life that, okay, so you're, you're to the LSU point, you're reuniting Jalen Waddell with his former quarterback. How exciting, but uh, I don't, I don't think that connection is, even exponentially as valuable as that connection that we are going to see from Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Um, We saw a lot of that production that Jalen Waddell had uh, in the 2019 season actually come from Mac Jones. So I don't think that connection's relevant. I think they go with the best wide receiver available. They don't care that uh, they could reunite the Alabama brothers. They don't care.
1: I agree. I saw George Kittle reunited with CJ Beathard, and let me tell you, that did (laughs) not yield – The desired result. (laughs) Um, The Falcons are at number six. And this is interesting to me because this is where I think we see a trade. If this scenario plays out, to me, the Eagles are desperate for a receiver. I think maybe the Eagles trade up one spot with the Falcons to make sure they get the guy they want. Jalen Waddell's still on the board. Devontae Smith is still on the board. To me, I see Philly trading up here, RJ. See, I disagree because now – Atlanta doesn't have to give up any picks to draft Justin Fields,
2: right? Like now he's fallen to them and they've been wiped, right? But Kyle Pitts is gone. Jamar Chase is gone. They could settle for Jalen Waddell. Not that Jalen Waddell is a settlement by any means. And I know that Jalen Waddell actually went number six overall in real life um, to, to Miami. But if you're Atlanta here, like you can't, you know, not take Justin Fields. You just can't at this point. Like you've been wiped out so much that you have to do it and that's that's where this lottery I think is the most interesting to me is it changes the course of that and maybe Matt Ryan is the player that the Falcons decide to move on from residually after the draft as opposed they to Julio can. Jones. I they mean get uh, crushed Money wise, if they move on I, from Ryan. I know they do, but like I think that that's that's their only I mean maybe they don't do that. But the point is, like, I think they have to take Justin Fields here because and I think that Philly knows that. I think that Philly, because if if we're looking at this, this has gone Zach Wilson, which I still have a problem with, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Trey Lance, uh, Jamar Chase. If you're Philly. You're looking at a situation where Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith are both on the board. So even if somebody trades ahead of you to take one of them, you're still walking away with your guy. We know that Philly loved Devontae Smith in real life. I mean, so I think that Atlanta takes Justin Fields. We finally get Justin Fields around where he should have gone. Kate, you look skeptical.
3: I am skeptical. I, lo- I mean, I like I like that we're getting Justin Fields up near that, that <laughs> area of draft capital where he should have been drafted. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. But I do think a like a trade back would be the smartest NFL decision.
1: So you think the Falcons trade down? Yeah. With hmm. could be the Vikings.
3: That's what I, I was just going to say. Not not a divisional rival here. So that, that could work.
1: So um, still on Sewell's still on the board. Right. That this is why it's interesting, right? I mean, if you're the Vikings, you, you they wanted Fields. We know they wanted Fields. The division rival thing is now off the board, RJ.
3: Kate's making a lot of sense. I kind of like I like the Vikings moving up here. I like it.
2: I think that's weird, but if you guys like it, I feel like I've won enough here. So I mean I'm I'm fine <laughs> doing
1: this if it appeases you two. Thank you for I, your pity
3: pick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So the Vikings move up to number six, and they get Justin Fields, which I mean, that opens up all sorts of fun. What happens with Kirk Cousins? I don't think they're moving on from Kirk Cousins. I think Fields probably sits behind him for a year.
3: I think that's pretty reasonable.
2: What, where does Kellen Mond go? Stats is the question that we should all be asking if he's not going to Minnesota
1: anymore, you know? Well, sorry, Kellen Mond. I'm not going <laughs> to spend a lot of time thinking about you right now. <laughs> Philly is at seven, and things have gone great for Philly, right? Because they need a wide receiver. Jalen Waddle is still there. Devontae Smith is still there. Like, life is good if you're Holly Roseman. You didn't have to do a darn thing and you're sitting pretty.
2: I think every Eagles fan, if BLG were here, I think they would all say they still take Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, et cetera. I think they take Jalen Waddell. He's, he's the Deshaun Jackson comp, blah, blah, blah. I think they take him. And I think every Eagles fan is saying all the things they're saying about Devontae Smith right now about Jalen Waddell. That's, I mean, that's what happens.
3: I I like Devonta Smith here, actually. I think they they truly like, yeah, I I think uh, as much as I love to shake stuff up, I think they, I mean, again, like you said, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, It's very hard to argue with that kind of production. I think that Devonta Smith is a guy that uh, has the talent that can immediately translate to the field. And I think that uh, I I believe that more so about Devonta Smith than I do Jalen Waddle. I think he's just a little bit more polished for me. Uh, And if I'm, the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to give my Jalen Hurts share uh, as much polish as possible because this is the this is the moment where you have to decide: uh, Are we going to buy into this guy as a potential piece of the future of our franchise? I think Jalen, or I think Devonta Smith, is the guy that that tells you that uh, with a little more certainty, a little more quickly in his NFL career.
2: Remember, though, the Eagles' first two draft picks last year were both named Jalen. So, I mean, <laughs> just throwing that out there. I mean, these are... So, this is mentioning. me
3: shaking things up.
2: There you I go. Mean, it's And they were spelled differently. So, because Jalen Hurts is J-A-L-E-N. Jalen Rager spelled differently than that. Jalen Waddle spelled... So, you would have three Jalens, all, you know, top two round picks, all spelled differently. I mean...
3: As a person, though, who... So, uh, my full name is Caitlin. And when I was born, that must have been, like, the name of the season because... I went to a very small private Catholic school and I had three to four Caitlin's in my class. We had like 25 students. How did, (laughs) like, what are the chances? And I will tell you a certainty that uh, I would have much rather had any other name at that point in my life, because our teacher said Caitlin and all three of us turn around and we're I, and I have to imagine that's what's happening in the Philly locker room with all these Jalen's. And I got to imagine they're they're not happy mm. about that. It's it's frustrating because you think you're 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 about to be wanted. You think you're ready to respond. Mm. It's kind of like when, you know, you're walking on the street and somebody waves and you're like, oh, are they waving to me? And uh, it really realize like, oh, their friend is walking directly behind <laughs> me. They're not waving to me at all. Uh, it, it feels like that kind of disappointment. And I think that uh, I think they need to shake it up just for namesake.
1: Were you Caitlyn, and then first letter of last name? Is that how they differentiated between all the different Caitlin's?
3: I feel like after they, they said Caitlin, they just pointed. And Ugh. so, like, you all had to be at attention. Um, it was not it was not fun. But eventually I I developed the nickname Kate. Thank God, because <laughs> then then we all, uh, you know, differentiated. We, we morphed into Caitlin, Katie. Uh, we all had, Ooh. you know, finally our changed our your life. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, Kate
2: Kate is a different person than Katie or Kat. You know what I mean? Like, just depends. Um, For for sure. And Catherine is like a cousin of you guys, but not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two points on this. Number one, Kate or Caitlin, rather, generational name, clearly, just like Jalen. But my actual question is for people that don't know, Kate is spelled K-A-T-E. Is Caitlin spelled K-A-T-E-L-Y-N or are you K-A-I-T-L-Y-N?
3: I am K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. That is a fantastic choice or fantastic question. Mm. Um, I've been pointed out my entire life that there was a screw up and I don't, my mom started calling me Kate. And I mean, she wrote, you know, like if she was writing me a little love letter in my lunch or whatever, it was K-A-T-E. So never even occurred to me that this was screwed up in any sort of way. I didn't, I was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize you could spell Kate K-A-I-T. Of course, like, we have names like absidy right now. It doesn't, you could do whatever you want when it comes to names. Uh, I I definitely did not realize that that was something abnormal, but it is something that as an adult, I've gotten a lot of questions about uh, and, and I need, I need to come up with a better answer because I, I don't know how this was missed. It was like <laughs> a huge oversight mother.
1: I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but I just have to mention this cause I'll never get over it. My wife is an elementary school teacher and she had a student and the student's first name was miracle and their last name was coffee <gasps> and this person's father's name was christmas ooh so the her student's father's name was christmas coffee um i
2: hope christmas coffee's birthday was on christmas like like you know what i mean like i hope christmas's parents like had christmas on christmas and uh i've lost myself and uh, imagine the
3: conversations uh, at like in in you know kindergarten first grade where you know you have little christmas uh christmas coffee sitting in class and they're like oh what's your name christmas when were you born christmas like you just it's the same answer over and over again
2: I'm thinking of something completely different. Like I'm thinking of being Christmas's friend or family member on like Thanksgiving and be like, hey, Christmas, happy Thanksgiving. That would feel really odd. you know what I mean? So um, thanks for sending us down this rabbit hole
1: Stats. I'm sorry, I just, I can't imagine <laughs> the job interview. Oh. Like there's nothing you could say, right? They walk in, hello, Mr. Coffee. Like that's weird. And then if, you go, if you're if you interviewing somebody, you're like, what's the next candidate's name? Christmas coffee. All right, we could skip this interview. Yeah. Like, it's over. We're good. End of meeting. Thanks but for anyway. sharing all this all this person's
2: information. If you have their social security number stats, I think we would like to know that too.
1: Yeah, 067. No, uh, I'm going to break the tie here and I'm going to go Devonte Smith with the Eagles. And here's my thinking. Boom. They need instant impact. Smith has been the size he's been at for a while now, his whole life. He knows how to get open at that size. To me, that means that he's going to have better success in the NFL earlier, I should say, earlier success in the NFL. I think that's what the Eagles are looking for. So I'm going to go Devontae Smith to the Eagles at number seven. Welcome. Okay, fine. So we're halfway through right now. Let me recap. We have the Jets at number one, going with Zach Wilson. The Jags at two, still get Trevor Lawrence. Cincinnati at three, goes Kyle Pitts. The 49ers trade up in this with the Lions, who are at number four. They get Trey Lance. The Dolphins are at five. They draft Jamar Chase. The Vikings trade up with the Falcons, who are at number six, and they get Justin Fields, and the Eagles at number seven get Devontae Smith. When we take a break, when we come back from the break, excuse me, we'll finish the rest of the draft. The Panthers are up next at number eight.
0: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply.
1: We're back here on the Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. We are at number eight in the draft. The Carolina Panthers are up. Now we have to decide: Do they have Sam Darnold? Yeah, I think they do.
3: Um, yes. If I have to have the Detroit Lions uh, <laughs> with, with Jared Goff, I mandate. I mandate they have this this pick.
1: Okay, so there's. I mean, Panay Sewell is still on the board. J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertain. I don't know where they go. Kate, what do you think?
3: Mm, I think they. I think the smartest thing uh, would be to go cornerback. I don't, I don't believe that Sam Darnold is necessarily the future, uh, and I'm not sure that they do either. But clearly, they have some faith. They picked up his fifth-year option. They they made the move to trade for him. I think they're doing their best to give him a shot. But the the defense still needs so much work. Uh, I think they they need to go cornerback, and uh, it's nice to be in that position of having your pick. Um, I, I think just overall, you you get to have your your Pick of the draft, JC Horn, Patrick Sertan. It's nice to have that option. Um I think, I think they stick with corner.
1: RJ? I think
2: so. I think we're getting to the point where this gets chalk because like that's what they did in real life. Like, but
3: JC Horn's still available, so they would just stick with JC Horn.
2: I mean, they they took JC Horn over Justin Fields in real life. I don't think they take JC Horn, or I don't think they take Panay Sewell over JC Horn. I think they just decide, you know what, this is our guy. We're going to take him. We're going to feel good about it. And let's roll.
1: So now we're at number nine with the Denver Broncos. They took Patrick Sertain in real life. He is still on the board for them. Um, if they really are planning to get Aaron Rodgers, then, I mean, I hate to go chalk again, but I kind of feel like that's where we're headed.
2: Yeah. I mean, th- these, are, these are two of the weirder picks, honestly, in real life. And I think they remain chalk and weird in this hypothetical because these two teams like the Broncos are acting a bit off of hubris, right? Like, oh, we're good. Um, and I don't know if the Panthers are operating similarly. Like, oh, we're just going to get Deshaun Watson or something next year. So we're good. You know, we'll we'll build other elements of our team. But I don't I don't see any reason why even in this like hypothetical, either of these teams deviate from what they did in real life.
3: Actually, uh, is did we say is Panay Sewell still on the board? He, he is. is. I think that's where that's like the most interesting aspect for me. They can use help on the offensive line. If you are projecting that you are going to maybe get some Aaron Rogers up in there, got to give him some protection. I think that's where you, you maybe take the value of Sewell at this point in the draft because uh, he wasn't an option when they were originally on the clock. And I mean, this is, this is a huge bargain for a guy that, uh, for a generational talent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think just, that would be the interesting pick.
2: I kind of like that. I, I have no qualms with that, honestly. I do think that, that like that is the boldest that Denver could have gotten. Um, but I don't think that Sewell has the impact right now that Sertan does. I mean, just if we're talking about 2021, and if that's your goal, if you're Denver, you know, like we're getting Aaron Rodgers now – so we need this impact today uh but i i think that's mild hedging for the future i, I don't have a problem with this if you guys want to go
1: peninsula i'm down i like I'm, it I'm, I'm i'm free to move let's go here's why i like it cuz denver can sell it right they can say look we thought we were getting aaron rodgers we want to protect him or they could say we like drew Locke. we need to do more to support drew lock we already have the wide receivers in denver we got to get the offensive line to prop him up so that's to me i feel like they can sell it, which I think is part of this when you get to this point in the draft. So let's go Panay Sewell for Denver at 9. And now, RJ, we get to your Dallas Cowboys at number 10. Tan uh, falls
3: into your lap.
2: Yeah, what do you think? I mean, I don't think they take Micah Parsons. Although, I mean, they didn't take him here. The Cowboys, to be clear for anyone who forgot, traded out of this pick with the Eagles so that Philadelphia could come up to get Devontae Smith, who they've already gotten because you guys are boring. Um, and so... I think, I mean, the Cowboys would have taken Patrick Sertan if he'd been there. Like, I, I don't see any way that they don't. There's nothing. I, And I, I think, for what it's worth, if we had given Denver Patrick Sertan, I think they take Panay Sewell. I, I think the Cowboys are taking either one of those guys ahead of Micah Parsons. They're not trading out, so they don't pick up the third-round pick, so that's fine. Um, And this, the for anyone, again, that, you know, I don't know why anybody would not have the Cowboys draft class memorized, uh, but the Cowboys <laughs> took Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky with their second-round pick, who's a corner. So this this would have like this would have completely changed their entire draft class because they would have maybe gone linebacker in the second round um, as opposed to corner and, and kind of flip-flop things. And, and I don't know that they would have prioritized corner. I mean, they took a, a corner in the third round as well. But if they walk away with Patrick Sertan, I think they feel really solidified at that position. Uh, but uh, yeah, Patrick Sertan to the Cowboys. Let's go. And he wears number two, so that is like a bothersome to me. Uh or, or bothered to some degree. Uh, but I can get over that. I that would've this would have been awesome. I would have loved this, and now I'm sad.
1: Are you good with certain to the cowboys, Kate? Yes. Okay. So then this is awesome. Uh, no, no, nobody has any cares about the Cowboys. You'll all see. This is awesome for the Giants because they took a wide receiver in the first round in Kadarius Toney, and Jalen Waddle is sitting there for them at 11 in this scenario. To me, Gettleman is running to the podium with Jalen Waddle's name on it. Am I wrong? I think the –
2: if I mean, if we're comparing real life to hypothetical, I think the Giants are probably – a little bit pissed because they don't end up with the future first round pick of Chicago from the Justin Fields trade. Like that's the only thing here. I mean, because Philly jumped New York with Dallas in real life to take Devonte Smith, it kind of took all the top receivers off the board. So that was partly why New York traded back to 20 with Chicago. Um, so you're right. I think they take Jalen Waddle, but, you know, their future draft capital is definitely very different. And I I mean, and then you don't, I think the perception of Dave Gettleman is so different because now it's like he traded back. He picked up capital. Dave Gettleman is patient. He knows what he's doing, blah, blah. And that isn't the case if they just sit and take Jalen Waddell.
3: But I do think like uh, Jalen Waddell isn't going to fall much further. I think like, right. I don't think you're going to, uh, you know, have any situation. I think the upgrade that you get from Kadarius Tony to Jalen Waddle is, is definitely where I mean, Kadarius Tony, I love the prospect. He's got a rocket ship of a ceiling, but I mean, he's still sort of converting positions here. We, we just saw him finally take on a full wide receiver role last season um, you know what Jalen Waddle is already, and it's pretty darn fantastic. I think that tear break between Jalen Waddle and Kadarius Toney is big enough for me that I I like the move for Waddle.
1: The only other thing I could think of is we haven't really considered teams outside of the top 14 moving up. Does a team like Tennessee, who traded for Julio Jones, do they maybe try and move up with the Giants if? For example, the Giants say, you know what? We like Tony so much. We're, we're okay if we pass on Waddle, if we pick up the extra draft capital. Does a team like Tennessee maybe move up and then maybe end up not trading for Julio Jones because they've drafted Jalen Waddle? I don't think so. I, I mean, I think part of why
2: Tennessee moved. you such is, a poo-pooer, man. I, mean, I it swear. Was, it was Julio Jones. That was part of why they moved to do it. And Tennessee didn't trade up you know, to draft Devontae Smith you know, at 10 in real life when the Cowboys were sitting there and he was kind of the last of the top guys. I mean, so, no, I don't think so. I think Tennessee, you know, they sit, they chill. Um, they go ahead and wait because Atlanta is still a mess. Atlanta still doesn't have a player.
1: I mean, so, you know, they know that that Julio Jones is coming down the bend. Fine, fine. Jalen Waddle goes to the Giants at 11. The Lions are up at number 12. Um, they can happily settle into Rashawn Slater if they wanted to go offensive line and they look great because they've picked up extra capital and they still get to protect Jared Goff. Does that make sense? It makes too much sense. I mean, that's that's exactly what happens.
2: It's almost like when we did the Detroit thing, somebody said they would take Rashawn Slater later on in the draft. I wonder who that could have been.
3: I have no idea who that could have been. Hmm.
2: Is your arm broken yet from patting yourself on the back? No, it's actually not difficult to pat yourself on the back. I don't know why that expression ever
1: became a thing. Like, it's a fairly easy thing to do physically. So the Chargers at number 13 are up next. Um, Man, I would love to see the Chargers have, you know, end up with another receiver for Justin Herbert. But obviously that's probably not going to happen. Although I guess Kadarius Toney is still there. Kate, what are you thinking for L.A.?
3: This is a, this is a very hard, hard spot. Um, <laughs> I like, I like what they've been able to do in terms of rebuilding uh, the offensive line, but they didn't, they didn't make any sort of concerted effort. Obviously they got Josh Palmer in the third round. Would you love to see more weapons? Yes. Um, but they, they don't have any glaring enough needs for me that I, I would wonder uh, if I'm the chargers or, uh, Rashawn Slater's off the board. Do I trade back?
2: Um, I got you stats. Um, again, this is somewhat chalk, but I think Kate might be right because Rashawn Slater was this incredible value for the Chargers there. Maybe the Jets come up like they did to take Elijah Vera Tucker. They just do it with the Chargers instead because they clearly valued him enough to do so. It gives the Chargers more time to think. Um, that's,
1: again, somewhat chalk, but you know, not the worst ultimate case scenario. We didn't consider the Chargers trying to move up with the Lions to take Rashawn Slater. Although the Lions probably would have asked for a lot, considering they wanted to take Slater themselves. Right. I don't think that the Chargers would have moved up
2: for Slater. I think the Chargers are pretty chill. Like the Chargers, are one of the most chill teams in the NFL. So I think they would have been like, "Well, eh, you want you want Elijah Vera Tucker? That's fine. You know, we'll figure it out. We're the Chargers."
1: All right. So we got the Jets then moving up to thirteen to take Vera Tucker, and so that leaves the Atlanta Falcons after their trade at number fourteen. RJ, what do you got? I. Is it fair just
2: to ask if Mac Jones goes here? Ooh, to Atlanta at 14. Because at this point, Atlanta has traded back. They've picked up future capital. They don't like it's, 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 you know, not generational talent, but it's, it's a franchise quarterback, fingers crossed. Or reaching on Kadarius Tony or somebody of that quality. I think it's fair to ask if, if Atlanta considers Mac Jones,
3: if I'm the Patriots, I'm trading up here to get Mac Jones. He was, oh. he's been tied to the Patriots all offseason. We know they really liked him. It's just sort of happenstance that, I mean, he fell, he fell pretty, pretty darn far and it worked out for the Patriots. Uh, but if you are, you know, if the Falcons are in this position and you think they might want a quarterback, Um, I don't think the Falcons would have been totally sold on Mac Jones. Um, I don't think anybody really was except for Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Uh, I think this would be a nice opportunity because the Patriots get the guy they really want, and then the Falcons are not put in a position where they need to take a guy just because he is, uh, you know, the best value on the board, just acquire a a little bit more draft capital. Um, I think that makes the most sense because – they could get their guy
1: and they'd only have to move up one spot. So it's not like they'd have to give up a ton to move up to get Mac Jones. That may be something new England considers. I'm willing to go on the board there. So the Falcons trade down again with the Patriots and Mac Jones. Hooray goes one spot earlier than he did in real life. So I got to say, looking back at this, at this draft, pretty similar to what happened more or less. We've got Zach Wilson, one Trevor Lawrence, two, Kyle Pitts, 3 to Cincinnati. The Niners trade up to 4 to get Trey Lance. The Dolphins are at 5. They take Jamar Chase. Minnesota moves up from 14. They trade up, and they get Justin Fields. Huzzah. The Eagles still get Devontae Smith. The Panthers still get J.C. Horn. The Broncos at number nine get Panay Sewell to protect whoever they have under center next season. The Cowboys seem to be the team that benefits the most from this shuffle because they get Patrick Sertain, who RJ is over the moon about. (laughs) The Giants end up with Jalen Waddle, who takes a historic tumble down the first round. The Lions at number 12 end up with Rashawn Slater. So they still get extra draft capital and the offensive lineman that they wanted. The Jets still trade back up to get Elijah Vera Tucker and the Patriots move up one spot to get Mac Jones. It's pretty similar, which I thought it was going to be a lot different, Kate.
3: Yeah. I'm actually uh, surprised because I was the one that really wanted to get pretty wild, but uh, you know, I think that, you know the fact that all of this we can shake up the draft picks and and still find ways to make this work. I think it's sort of a compliment to I thought this was a pretty well drafted uh first half of the draft. I, I think it was just a well-drafted first round in general for the NFL. Um, I like Kadarius Tony might be my least favorite pick of all of them. Uh and now the the Giants have a big upgrade at that. I think that. Uh, teams did a pretty good job of addressing their needs in the first round. I don't think there were too many surprises in the actual NFL draft. But like I said, I think the the fact that when we're shaking things up and it's pretty similar uh, and we have the, the world is our oyster here, we could have done anything in the world we wanted because this is our universe. Uh, the fact that our ideal universe had all of these things happening, it's a compliment to these NFL teams.
2: I think the biggest losers – are the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles because they don't accrue the capital that we obviously know that they have in real life by way of the San Francisco trade. Um, I think the biggest winner, as you said, stats of the Cowboys, I think they're the Lions. Remind me who the Lions actually picked? Rashawn Slater. So the Lions walk away still with a top tackle, which is what they obviously took, and they walk away with even more future draft capital. I think in like to go full NBA here, I think everybody at the end of the draft is talking about how the Lions are like the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NFL, where they have like every first round pick forever. All these top picks for the future for Dan Campbell. And I think that the Lions are kind of the hot team. Um, I also think the Vikings are a big winner here because they walk away with Justin Fields. And I think the Bears are a loser uh, because they don't walk away with Justin Fields. And so, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Detroit Lions, And which is funny because the Detroit Pistons won the NBA lottery. So, (laughs) I mean, it worked
1: out that way. I I think the Niners might have made out a little better, too, because I don't know if they have to give up as much to get up to number four as they did to get up to number three. So they still end up with the quarterback that they wanted and potentially, you know, maybe one more first round pick.
2: Yeah, that's true too.
1: See, the 49ers are always winners. That's really <laughs> what, what it comes down to. Not in, not in Super Bowl 54. Not in real life, actually. They've only had four. This is the weirdest stat. They've only had four winning seasons since 2003, well, but they've made the <laughs> NFC Championship in all four of those seasons. Mm. Also, they've only had
2: like one winning season in the last handful of years, but Kyle Shanahan's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Interesting.
1: He is. He's certainly better than Mike McCarthy.
2: Mm, I don't know about that. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl.
1: You know this, right? Has Kyle Shanahan had Aaron Rodgers? Mm, That's his fault, though. Just think about it. It's his fault? Yeah. How? Mike McCarthy could have had Aaron Rodgers with the 49ers in 2005 and passed on him for Alex Smith. Then he fell ass backwards into Aaron Rodgers when he signed with the Packers.
2: Okay, what's a more egregious crime? Um, Not having Aaron Rodgers or, like, purposely, consciously, willingly committing to Jimmy Garoppolo?
3: oh oh it might be jimmy garoppolo guys mm-hmm. it's easy to say that now yeah <laughs> it might be uh what, what did we hear tom brady use that uh, use a little he used a little word uh, to to talk about
2: was it generational talent
3: uh yes <laughs> jimmy garoppolo is a generational talent from that quote is from tom brady the man himself
1: you're sticking with that generational talent? I'm pretty sure that's not <laughs> not the quote, but have to go back and check. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. If you have questions, comments, you disagree with our draft, please hit us up. We'll, we'll happily answer them on the show. Rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. You'll get all of our great programming. Kate, RJ, thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.